All right, all right, all right. Damn, I just did the loudest clap for like I li- I deafened <laughs> myself. That was so, that's how emphatic I was about clapping, dude. That's how we're gonna start the show with that much energy already. I can feel it in my fucking ball bones. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> ball bones. Let's start using that from now on. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We're back. Did you like me? I did the Nicolas Cage Gone from in 60 Gone, Seconds I was moment. just about to say, man, like I yeah, totally dude. noticed I picked up on that. That is, I don't like the fact that I know that reference, but I, I like that I you like uh, that you know that reference. <laughs> I like that you it like that you feel don't like good. that reference. <laughs> For those at home, I put my hand up and then I shake them like this. I'm like, okay. And then I go into it. It's one of the best aspects of that movie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the episode, ladies and gentlemen. I believe this is number 18. David, we're almost at 20, dude. I'm glad you skipped. And can we do that? Can we skip the whole like intro? I think by this by this episode, people know what we're about at this point. Um, I'm just saying you don't have to do what is usually a fantastically rendered, well-delivered mm-hmm. um, intro mm-hmm. into what this show's about. I just well, I'm going to pretend there. you're like my dad and do what I want to do because you oh, don't tell fuck. me what to do. Right. <laughs> so there you go. But before that, David, before we forget, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brian Ortiz. <laughs> and I'm David Castillo. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Life's a Wreck. And I'll make this even shorter for David. For those that have been here or already know what we are but don't know who we are, this is what it is. What is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another? Where me and David, two men who don't like each other, insert uh, making love to David joke because I have to hurry this thing up, who decide to get to know each other through the use of pop culture, social lubrication to learn about one another. If you don't know the rest, check out the rest. I got to move on to it because David's angry at me. He doesn't want me to do this. So we're going to move it forward, ladies and gentlemen. Check out what the rest of the show is by listening to the last 17 episodes. So... David, uh, now that we've gotten past that boring stuff, am I right? How are you doing, man? It's been a bit. Uh, how's the job hunt going? Are you still homeless? Are you still a vagabond? Are you traipsing around on the train yards of Texas, writing what you see in the wind, being the author that you are, dude? I, I'm iced tea and surviving the game in the first 20 minutes. So <laughs> oh, now, granted, uh, that's you know discarding the run in with an officer that beats up his homeless friend and the part right. where he tries to commit suicide. Not there Correct. yet. So, so okay. Not there I, yet. I, wanna, um, I, I haven't, the point is I haven't yet got my Charles S. Dunn speech okay. about not giving right. up. So, so ladies and gentlemen, for those of you, we'll call this, you know, David's uh, work watch, right? Have you found any work? Work watch 2022, and then you're going to categorize it by what minute we are, yeah. how long we are into Ice Cube. <laughs> ice Cube, you did it again. Sorry, you did ice it ag- oh my! I just saw Ice Cube in something else. I just saw him in Trespass, so his mind. I'm still on. I'm still on that. I'm sorry. Okay, we're we're not going to make this an episode about Trespass, but I got to quickly ask, how was it? Dude, I, you know, I'm ashamed that I didn't even know that this movie existed, honestly. Like, it is a okay. great a cacophony of trouble and problems that escalate across the board. Okay, but do you remember the line that William Sadler has that I quoted uh, in the last episode? Yes, I did see it, and I was <laughs> like, damn, there it is. Um, I loved it. Great dark ending, in my opinion, with a good twist. 
Um, for those that haven't seen it, like me, I highly recommend it. It's on Blu-ray for Shot Factory. Trespass, check it out. This is uh, David's 90s action recommendation corner for you guys. By the way, we do not get enough interactions of like rural white guys with uh, black gangs in movies because that is just an explosive combination fantastic grouping welcome to the trespass podcast where two men one who's seen trespass too many times and one who saw it for the first time are discussing trespasses ladies and gentlemen uh so by the way in answer to your question uh so job watch is you know still not going well i did have an okay. interview um and then they were kind enough to uh tell me they were moving on with another candidate two days later which is you know hey at okay. least they let you know um so so okay. got a rejection but I did go to the, I realize this is not the kind of thing you should do when you're unemployed, which is like buy a plane ticket, money you don't have, to go down to Dallas. I went to go see my family Wednesday through Friday, um, uh, saw the Dallas Stars game because I was invited by the uh, uh, director of community outreach for Noche Mexicana night. All right, so the job watch continues. But yet your glorious, luxurious adventure <laughs> to see your family. Right. Well, what, what a strange paradox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was invited to a full game as a special guest. I had all types of food and saw all these concerts. But, man, I need a job. <laughs> 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 it's it is a it's it's strange man but also uh you know um i i think i think that's also what you get when you're like when you are when you have support you know so you know nicole is like hey you know wait for the job that you want you know just because you're unemployed don't jump at the first thing you get and then of course sure. you know my parents just like you know hey it's temporary you'll find something eventually uh, and of course, my mom made some homemade chicken fried steak, just like I Ooh. used to love. So mm. I, it's you know, even though I'm unemployed, I can't complain. Still getting that. Yeah, that's more than most people. Still getting that fried chicken steak, even though you ain't making that cash. It's okay, David. Soon enough, you'll be fully employed, and we'll uh, we'll have stories to tell about your new job. But now that we've railroaded this podcast with okay. trespass talk, trespasses, you know, uh, we'll call it the trespass. Don't trespass. That's the corner. That that's the segment. Welcome to Don't Trespass. Then now we're talking about job watch or watch job. What I call it? Watch, I, think, I think just work job watch. watch. Oh, okay, work, work watch. watch. Yeah, okay. Work Watch 2022. Uh, David, today's episode is your time to shine and have a topic. So I'm ready. My mind is ready. My body's ready. We're recording a little bit early this time. I've got my hair all cut and nice for you, dude. So lay it on me. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about the Batman. Damn. I know you've seen it. That that's And listen, we, we've made a point of trying to kind of, of really doing like evergreen content, you know, and, and I've really enjoyed it. Like I appreciate what we do, okay, what we try to do, okay, uh, and and the need for like pop culture therapy and so forth. And uh, but I, I felt like today, just like let's just get you know attach ourselves to something that everybody else is talking about because why not? We've seen it, and and I'm always interested in your opinions mm. about a film. I really am. Right. Even though, even when I, even though I, I feel like I know exactly what you think about it. I know exactly like how much you like it. I don't know how you come to those <laughs> conclusions, and I'm always interested sure. in that part. Um, All right. Well, then let's do it. Let's let's. I'm gonna strap on my boots that have unnecessary spurs every time I walk. And you know, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Let's get wet. Let's get grimy. Let's get into Gotham, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about the Batman today, ladies and gentlemen. The Batman. So, a uh, little little history for everyone. You know, um, I I saw it on. Th I got to see it on Thursday opening night. 
at the draft house, 7 p.m. with a full-on DC audience, you know, so we got that that community around us that was amped and ready to see this movie. I did get a text message from you on oh. Friday. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put that shit out. All right. <laughs> was very kind of you. It was super nice. You were like, hey, I've got surprise tickets to the show. Uh, but uh, you're not technically invited. <laughs> And we're hoping that something happens so you can go. But if that does take place, can you take that spot? You know, when you now, say it out loud like that, it sounds terrible. But <laughs> well, that's how I said it to myself. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, while I am grateful to be a part of the replacement team, I was not in the initial friend group. So what does that tell you, folks? To be fair, I was very touched, but I did have company. Um, I was with my special lady and I had the the, the day with her plan. Let so me, let me, I couldn't make it anyway. Let me just say... That this Brian wasn't doesn't. this wasn't because like oh Brian is like on the replacement team mm-hmm. so much as one of our mutual friends Nicole knows how obsessed he is with Batman. Mm-hmm. So if you at any point like you know had Batman all over your social media like every day, or you know like wore Batman costumes or had Batman cufflinks to your wedding like this mm-hmm. gentleman, then you probably would have gotten you. So this is just like your obsession level is healthy as opposed to corrosive. That's why you missed. <laughs> yes. Well, as we all know, I have a healthy obsession with my stuff, unlike some people who have an unhealthy relationship with theirs and probably wears the bat suit to bed. I've been told, uh, you know, not by uh, him himself, but I'm conjecturing and making up my own stuff. But you got to see it the next day uh, with, with our good friend Rick, who's a bat fiend, a bat fanatic. Uh, a man who's into Batmania. He has been his whole life. We all recognize him as the Batman. I'm sure that if he ripped his skin open, he would just be wearing the bat suit underneath. It feels like. He's just like a sentient bat wing. I'm, we already know that I'm a self-obsessed man when it comes to comic books. I love comic book movies. We know that you have many issues with various comic book blockbusters. It's very clear as someone who loves their, what I call, highfalutin movies. So right off the bat, i just kind of curious... Can you give me a grade, a letter grade for the Batman for David? Uh, C plus. You know what? I'm not surprised. I'm glad it passed with you, but ugh, C plus. It's not that bad. Let me ask you this. I wasn't there for this. Our friend Rick, who is a massive obsessive Bat fan, what would you think his grading was when he saw it? So we actually had discussion. So uh, we had, except we did numbers, and I was like, ah, five out of ten. He was like seven okay. out of ten. He, I thought it was really weird. He also criticized the movie and had a lot of the same thoughts I did, which which was weird because then when I asked him, he's like, nah, 7 out of 10. Well, that's good. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I, I love Batman. You know, like, oh, well, that doesn't, like, count. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, from this point forward, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be saying spoilers because we, we probably yes, will mess you. up okay. and say something. So if you haven't seen the Batman yet, stop the show right now. Go to your local theater, check out the Batman, come back, and let's see if we spoil it for you. Make it any better. We really hope to hear about your thoughts. Well, okay, so like, uh, listen, like, I'll, I'll, you know, talk about like my issues, and I don't want to do the combative like edge lord thing. Like, fuck is wrong with everybody, man? That movie sucked. No, like, I, oh, first, first off, <laughs> the so I, I am gonna, I do intend to give it a second watch, right? I should throw that out there, okay? Because um, uh, I think it does deserve uh, a second watch. Um, so I, I didn't like it, but, um, so one of the things I would ask you, uh, you know, I'll obviously talk about, you know, my own opinions later, but one of the things I'd be curious, uh, to ask you first and foremost is what did you think of the aesthetic 
of the film. Right. You know, I, I personally really enjoyed the aesthetic, to be honest. You know, every time I see a new era of Batman, I want to see something different, right? Which we've had, like, every every decade, right? Which we have. And look, in my personal opinion, everything will be great next to Joel Schumacher's Batman. All right? Like, you cannot go wrong. As soon as you remove anything that is massively over-the-top, neon-based, black-light-colored city, I'm in heaven. You know what I'm saying? So... As opposed to the Nolan ones, which were more based off of like a Chicago type vibe, I think this was very much a New York type vibe. Do you know what I mean? And that alone is a really neat, varying aesthetic because they are different places and they are aesthetically very different as far as architecture and building and what that means. So for me, not only did I enjoy the visuals as far as the grittiness, the texture of the city itself, but I also enjoyed the added the addition of the gothic architecture literally kind of hammering the point home but still lovely between the churches and his home the suits were really well done it's the most i really like them based off of the video game the arkham asylum games which i thought was very cool the batmobile the 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 penguin look everyone just had a really neat look and this is i will say this as far as aesthetics and compositions i think this is one of the most comic book looking movies without actually looking like a comic book movie. I don't know what that means. Basically, look, do you remember Ang Lee's The Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that movie with Eric Bana? Uh, yes, of course I remember that. I, I don't. That is, to me, the most like literal interpretation of a comic book movie, where like it comes out and the there's panels, fucking panels, yeah. and it comes around and goes. Like, that, is the, that is like the most comic booky thing possible. This movie has beautiful compositions and, and visuals, that look like comic book panels or frames or things you would read in a book, but you don't get it. To, it doesn't look like it's screaming that it's a comic book movie, but it takes visualization when it comes to art and various other stuff. And I really, really dig that about Matt Reeves and what he was able to accomplish. Did you like just how much more, how thoroughly emo Bruce Wayne was this time around? I'm on record and uh, I've had this argument with too many people who are younger than me. Like, I'm not an emo guy. I don't like emo. That's just not my jam, right? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my cup of tea. So I personally don't want to see a Bruce Wayne that looks like he popped out of 2008. You know what I'm saying? Like, just long hair. And this movie was filled with, look, the soundtrack was definitely 1990s. Like, I felt like well, I was yeah, listening yeah. to a Smashing Pumpkin album. <laughs> And from the 1990s. And then the look was very much 2008's emo 20-year-old kid who just doesn't have his life together and, you know, probably grew up in suburbia and buys a lot of Hot Topic, you know? So I'm I'm fine. I don't really need that aesthetic, but it didn't kill me, you know what I'm saying? I was more interested in his performance as Bruce Wayne and what he was trying to say with the character. But no, visually, I'll pass on emo Batman for today. Thank you. I, I joked to Rick that, like, this Bruce Wayne... Uh, did not feel like he saw his parents get shot. He looked like he's the one that shot his parents. <laughs> like he just had that like almost that very detached kind of, um, which sure. which maybe is why like the the Riddler kind of felt like a, a sort of thematically um, interesting sort of counterweight or really kind of like, uh, I don't know, similar angst or whatever. But um, David, I have a question for you, dude. What's your history with Batman? I don't even know. Did you even like Batman? Uh, I would say I would say yes, only because, like I've had, you know, just like you, we've grown up with a Batman every step of the way, really in every era, right? Sure. 
66 animated Tim Burton Joel Schumacher. So it's always been there. And then, of course, you get to like, you know, post 9-11 Batman with like the Christopher Nolan films and now this one. Yep. So uh, which was, so yeah, like I wouldn't say like I'm a huge fan. Um, I would just say that Batman films are films that I think can be interesting. But they're always, to me, more interested in concept than in practice. Um, Interesting. I like. I just. I feel like a lot of them just kind of fall short of like telling their own story. Um, with obvious, obvious exceptions. You know, the, the Dark Knight. You know, great exception. Um, Do you read the books, any old man? No. No, you've never read a single Batman graphic Not novel. Not a single Batman. So, so they're. they're... As, I am horribly disappointed in you, as someone who is a, an author. And a magic nerd, I would have assumed at some point there are some great pieces of literature with Batman that are all like up your alley, dude. They're all social commentary and like, you know, educated and smart, blah, blah, blah. It's not all just, you know, punching and kicking and being cool, man. There's some commentary to be had on some of these. And so that's a great like segue into kind of like part of my issues with the film because um, because there is an element of Batman that that sort of feels... And, and Frank Miller, you know, himself kind of addressed this, right? This element of kind of fascism within his character, where kind of sure. Batman himself, you know, feels like just a kind of heightened version of a cop. And one of my biggest complaints, and this is this is really like a nitpick. I, I wouldn't even say this is like a criticism of the film. This is just like something that I wish they had done instead, uh, which is I really appreciated the setup of Thomas Wayne being as corrupt as the diseased temple that Batman was fighting. And they really they genuinely set it up. And then, and then, as he reveals <laughs> so it to excited. Alfred, Alfred, great man, explains away just the fact, that, well, you know, he did what he thought was right. And I fucking hated that. Because... Why? Because you had this opportunity. Because if if Bruce Wayne's dad was part, was, was corrupt... Which is kind of what you you know. And by the way, I always joke about this with with Rick, uh, where like that part, that scene in like either Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, where where uh, Alfred's like, yeah, you know, you know, uh, you're you you know, you're uh, the 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 Waynes helped Harriet Tubman in the in the Underground Railroad. I'm like, as much money as they had, you know, they owned some fucking slaves. All right, don't oh give me God. that shit. First of all, David, can you can you give me a good Michael Caine <laughs> on that one? Because that was like, the line was pretty good, but I feel like you almost you were trying, and I felt like you wanted to do a Michael Caine. Can you take a moment and try it in a Michael Caine voice? This, don't get the quote right, just in the best Michael Caine impression that you can give us. Did you know the Waynes helped Harry Tubman? Oh no, I can't do it. No. Oh, you were so good. I there no. was actually there was a moment there that the end of that first phrase, I was like, oh, that sounds like Michael Caine. Dude, that was pretty good. I'm gonna come back to that later, but that was pretty good. That was oh, pretty man. good. You were on the you were on the point for that. We're we're gonna revisit Michael Caine impressions for sure. Don't you worry, folks. Okay. The uh, so so it, listen, like it, it's yeah, it's it's jokey, but at the same time, um, you see all these characters, and I, I thought that was a really cool setup, and then they just fucking cop out and and lean on uh, some of the and, and maybe you've heard some of this criticism and lean on kind of just some of the sort of red meat. You know, there's that scene where, uh, you know, uh, Selena Kyle, you know, refers to privileged, rich, white assholes, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the same way that Nolan was really addressed, like the Dark Knight, like clear commentary on sort of post 9-11 ethics. I think the Batman knows exactly what the discussion is for, for people in the COVID world. Um, you know, you could even argue that like, you know, the Riddler's like master plan, you know, maybe kind of a reference to the January 6th riots on the Capitol. 
I will say, though, that I do believe them when they say that Thomas Wayne, I think the point of that was to show us the idea that Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne are infallible. You know what I'm saying? They are not gods. They are not these deities. And this year two Batman, which is probably in his late mid to late 20s, has built his entire obsession on top of the platform of his parents. So I think that not everyone, I think the idea that not everyone is perfect, money doesn't make you perfect, but I like that message that it's more of a personal message than a social commentary, that you should stop idolizing uh, parents or grander beings because everybody is not perfect. And I kind of really dig that idea from a character standpoint. I thought that was a pretty cool choice for the representation of Bruce Wayne being so broken. I think the biggest problem for me is that like, for no matter how like well-packaged, I'm always going to view superheroes like within a certain like framework within a certain bar, which is that no matter how good they are, it's going to be more like marketing than art. And it's always going to try to cram too many properties. And I feel like this film did that, even though like, which is that you, for example, the Riddler, Catwoman, Falcone, who's really kind of the main villain and Penguin. I feel like this movie would have been so much more interesting if you had Catwoman, Falcone, Penguin as the primary villains, or Riddler, or vice versa. Like, pick I one disagree with you, man. Because what's good about this movie is that there's varying levels of importance to each character. The Riddler is our main, but the mob aspect is underneath that. And I don't feel like they overshadow. I think they complement one another, which is what no other one has been successful at. Because they f- try to give too much real estate to two villains, and it gets muddled very quickly. And in this one, at least we had, I mean, maybe it wasn't done successfully, arguably, but at least we had one line through with the Riddler that was happening. And then the Falcone mystery and the the Maroni and the mob mystery was itself. The Penguin wasn't even that big of a character to, originally because he has his own HBO spinoff coming soon. And so it's kind of cool to see the mob aspect, which we've seen in, in TVs and cartoons, finally take a bigger forefront in these movies. And so I appreciate that particular aspect. And this is a new universe that needs to be rebuilt. We're not, we're not continuing someone else's storyline where we can get a couple of people. This is a whole new Batman world that we have to build into, especially because it's a year two. And, and see, and here's the thing is like, can, for example, let's say like, let, let's just grant for a second that um, marketing, for example, and uh, sort of cramming, you know, property rights and trademark characters into a movie can make for the ingredients of a good film. Yeah, I think Winter Soldier was a good example of that. But Winter Soldier wasn't three over three hours or almost three hours. Um, and, and that's why I think if this had just been a film that was properly edited, cut down, I think you have something genuinely interesting and great. Um, you know, you, you could even say Dark Knight was like a little bit bloated, right? It's like, but but that to me was the difference. Dark like Dark Knight had maybe an extra villain, but Two Face was very much an extension of the Joker storyline. Whereas I kind of felt like the sort of these villains were kind of running parallel with one another. And I'm not saying you have to show them interact with one another. Yes, there are plot intersections between them, but I think you genuinely had some interesting stuff, like the Riddler and the Orphan that I think I would have preferred to see explored at the expense of maybe because I didn't find the Falcone stuff interesting. And look, I won't disagree with you. The movie is 25 minutes too long, but that's not because of character choices. I think that's because of lingering. I love Matt Reeves, but I think sometimes he just lingers a bit too long on something that could take two seconds. Uh, Case in point, 
after they catch the Riddler and they're checking out his place. Do you remember that scene? There's a cage with a bunch of rats inside of it. Yeah. And he goes inside to get the envelope. I swear to God, grabbing that envelope felt like it took five minutes just to reach his damn hand in a cave and pull an envelope. I'm like, we know what he's getting. Just just show us the envelope already, for the love of God. So it's stuff like that that I really would have just like, let's cut this in half and make room for some other stuff. You know, the very first time we meet Batman, it's like five minutes of him just walking down a hallway of cops. And to me, it's like visually, the film looks great. Uh, I love like the, the sort of red and black color palette and everything like that. But... Man, I, I don't need to see Batman walks, you know, do the Snyder slow mo cut down a hallway of cops while we listen okay, to the Nirvana. Stop saying Snyder slow mo cut. First of all, that's disgusting. <laughs> like that has nothing to do with this. It was it's not even it's not even slow mo. He's just taking his time. But you know what? This movie is trying to do something different as far as at least having breathing room. So what's wrong with a little bit of breathing room as well to try something different? I, honestly, I have no idea what you're talking about. Every super right, we got like the four hour, six hour Snyder cut. Uh, the Christopher Nolan films were long. You can tell long stories with superheroes, man. In fact, if you've ever read a detective comic from Batman, they feel like they're long, drawn-out stories. This feels like the most comic book movie I've ever seen. It looks like it was ripped out of the detective comic books itself, even from pacing to aesthetic, because that's how the Batman detective comics read, just like the way you kind of saw them on screen. I watch movies so I don't have to read comics. And that's not like an insult. You know, it's not like, oh, dude, what the fuck kind of statement is that? Because if I wanted to read the comic book story, then that's what I go to for better, for worse. Did you like anything from this movie? I got to find out, first of all. There's so much fucking hate. Like, did you like anything from this movie? So what I liked was I liked the performances. I thought the characters were interesting, had genuine uh, motives. And I think motives that were also timely for better. Like that, some people don't always like like that. But, you know, you know, we kind of talked about it. Right, I like the way they set up, you know, the reveal of Thomas Wayne. And, and the directing was, like, on point. I, I think what my pro- my problems with the film were just that like well you know maybe it was a little too overly directed in spots and then of course just me feeling like the characters weren't explored the way they could have in addition to like nitpicks um so so yeah there, there were a ton of things that i like about it that sounds like the most generalized uh, <laughs> liking of a movie I've ever it's... heard. I just don't think you like. I we've argued about. I don't think you like comic books or comic book movies. I think you. I think you tolerate that. You shit. have to you say that because that's the only way that you could accept that what I'm saying is genuine. And, no, and man, because what... I genuinely think you don't have a, uh, a, a you don't have a like for that type of storytelling. So, well, I, see, here's and and that's where okay, so and that's where maybe you have a point. I think my thing is to me, um, when I think of a good story, man, I think of like a story that exists kind of on its own. And so, like, I think of when I think of great stories, I think of like greatly edited stories, stories that are just like they're they're tend to be like you know kind of um, like Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide, sure. I think, is like just the perfectly constructed movie because it happens within, you know, a short time frame. And again, that's bias on my part. It's just my personal preference. Um, I could never get into movies where they jump around. You know, we see the character when they're young and old and stuff like that because I, I think it's hard to do that. It's hard to accomplish that sense of time. Um, and so just the more elements you, you pack into a, a film... I think the harder it, the more it distracts from either the visuals or sort of the plot velocity and, and so forth. So if these movies 
deeply don't really do much for you in the sense of I don't like these movies as much as I like Old Henry or something, which is a one-off story with tight editing and stuff like that. <laughs> do you then why do you go to these movies nonetheless? Is it are you pressured into seeing these movies? Absolutely, because because I, I know that you know we would absolutely have discussion on the podcast and we'd like butt heads, <laughs> kick each other in the dick, and obviously like you know the social. I think the other thing too is like you just you can't avoid this stuff, right? And there's definitely an element of like. People are going to discuss this. So I'm like, you know what, man? Let me be a part of the discussion and let me give the movie the benefit of the doubt. But do you, does that, but it sounds like you're going in with a preconceived notion already of like, all right, well, I have to see this because everyone's going to fucking talk about it. Oh, so yeah. you seem kind of already like you come in with a bias that the, the film has to try and win you over versus you coming in like flat and be like, okay, let's see what it does. And there's nothing wrong with bias. Bias can signal deep knowledge. It's, it's a comfort level, right? You're biased towards that type of storytelling. For the positive, my bias is negative, but that doesn't say anything about whether or not, you know, coming out of the film, what we think is illegitimate or not. So that goes back to an even deeper problem. Like, is criticism valid for people then who are we even allowed to criticize this movie? If you come in with a negative bias and I come in with a positive bias, then are we even allowed to fucking talk about this? Because either I'm influenced because I already love it or you're influenced because you already hate it. So does that even give us the right to discuss it? Of course. Because it's per because it's personal, right? Because it, because it, it's it's not going to change, you know. Like we're just going to have a different perspective, a different lens through which we process these movies. We're reacting. We're, what is? I've already forgotten the fucking acronym for this show. Great, dude. Great, Reaction. awesome. <laughs> Reaction, sure. education, conversation. Because to me, that's where uh, that's where the truth kind of lies. What we discuss, the dialogue we have. And what grows out of that discussion are our, you know, our own sort of biases of, of what makes for like good storytelling or bad storytelling. It's not going to help us. You know, I remember when you told me you were going to see the Batman, I got slightly excited. <laughs> I was like, because I had seen it already Thursday and I was like, you know what? You know, this movie is really like out there and highfalutin and like really artistic. I think this one might win David over. He might actually give a shit about comic book movies. And once again, what I, I can't believe how wrong I am about that statement. You you continue to live up to your reputation and shitting on comic book properties. I, I am I'm genuinely surprised that you don't find more value in those storytelling moments. And it's shocking, man. I'm really surprised. I thought for sure of all people you would like some of those um, really well garnered and uh, well received Batman storylines. I thought you would have really enjoyed a lot of it. What it was trying to do. Th that should be all the evidence you need that I will not be a successful fiction writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know for sure that Matt Reeves will not be directing your book after you sat here and pulverized the Batman. Like, okay, some things I agree with you on the Batman. Like, yeah, I, I definitely think twenty five minutes too long. It definitely lingered a bit too much. I like a slow burn and a breathy movie as much as the next, but it was a little bit too much. But I will agree. I will applaud them for trying to even do that and break the mold in what we've seen in various other Batman movies. And I'll say when the action kicks, it kicks really hard. Like I will say that one of my favorite scenes, and I will ask you the same question. Uh, one of my personal favorite scenes is the introduction of the Batmobile. I oh, thought that yeah. was an amazingly well done sequence of sound design and fear and like, what the hell is that? I remember I went to go see it with my mom and IMAX 
And I swear to God, the people in the IMAX theater here in San Antonio, I got, I love them. I don't know who's running that shit, but applause to you. Because I know that the WB is like, hey, there is a standard volume that you have to set the show at. It's an eight. That way you don't uh, blow people's ears <laughs> out and the speaker systems work. There's a dude up in that booth who's like smoking a big old stogie and saying, ah, fuck it, we're going to 11. And then cranks that shit hard. And when that car revved for the first time, dude, I swear to God, a piece of meat when I was 12 years old dislodged in my bowel and just <laughs> shook all over the place. And I almost shit my pants because all of a sudden this food that had been undigested for over 20-something years was just loose all of a sudden. I was very grateful for that moment. David, uh, despite your uh, huffing and puffing, did you have at least a favorite moment from the Batman that did work for you? Uh, I would say, so one like yes the the, the car chase is fantastic. Um, it, <laughs> I still got to criticize it. It was a little too short. There we go. It's a little too short, and I would I, listen. Like it's still fantastic, great. Um, it, it, like one of the few like modern day like action films that understands what it takes to like film a good car chase. Kind of almost kind of elements of like uh, uh, was it French Connection um, and uh, kind of remind me of Ronin, right? Where they're on the freeway sure. on the opposite. Uh, anyways. Sure. Um, so yes, that was that was uh, one of the things that I enjoyed the most, and also really dug the introduction of Batman himself uh, when he's you know beating up on those like those, those teens. I guess not told not all teens, uh, but even though it was spoiled in the trailer, just the the sort of the visceralness of just the beatdown that those kids suffer from. Sure. And uh, and I would even include the uh, first encounter with Catwoman. That's a nice. Um, uh, kind of like quick. I always like to me. I, I'm like a fight choreography snob, and um, oh I, really? I can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> you say that sarcastically. Wow. Um, Man, I, I can't. Know that. I can't stand like a, just a badly choreographed. I think it's one of the reasons why I like. I had problems with Batman Begins because <laughs> the the Christopher Nolan oh. like cutaways. Whereas here, being able to see the action clearly, it's fantastic, man. Like I. And it's kind of one of the things I wish there was a little bit more of. Because I, I wasn't, like, a huge fan of the final act action scene. Um, love, like, where it takes place. Love the setting. Uh, love, like, the intersecting elements of, like, bombs, flooding. This kind of Madison Square Garden-esque kind of, um, you know, spot um, where everything goes down. Um, uh, just, like, a bunch of, like, sniper riflemen versus Batwoman and Catwoman. I just I thought there was... Could have been uh, maybe something more, or if they had like used one of those characters who was revealed to be some another character in the story previously. By the way, another positive that uh, which is the relationship between Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright and Batman. Well, man, you know what? That's a good. Um, I didn't tell this to Rick until later, but the Jim Gordon Batman adventures are awesome in this movie, and I know that Gary Oldman was also very active in the Nolan films, but this felt different. This really felt like two guys who were like, dude, we're the only dudes in the trenches. We have to trust and lean on each other. And they're out there doing the cases together. It was a real, that adventure of seeing them really made the movie pop for me a lot. I was like, I'll take more of that, please. Thank you very much. Um, I definitely would rate this one on my letter scale. I'd probably give it a B plus to A minus. That seems low for you. I still think Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight is like one of the best Batman films from performances to execution to all of it, right? So that's like an A for me, you know what I'm saying? This Batman is very high up there, B plus, A minus, B plus, somewhere right right between there. Uh, it works for me. Again, it's only, a, for me, it really was a time issue at the end of the day more than anything else. 
a tighter film, a little bit of a tighter film with a tighter uh, runtime on it, I think might have kept me in my stopped me from shifting so much in my seat after a while. I, I think it, that, there's nothing wrong with a long movie. It just feels like okay. Here's this. Here's a hot take. Not on, not for you're gonna you're gonna blow a gasket. So I don't care. Here's a hot take for everyone in my opinion. So fucking at me at this if you want, or at David and yell at him if you agree with me. At me if you disagree with me. At David. I think. Zack Snyder's Justice League movie, which is a four-hour movie, is paced better than the Batman. That's the hot take. You you know what, man? As as hot much take. as I just like, I only watched it because it just felt like such a strange cultural like moment, pop cultural moment. Um, I yes. agree with you. I agree with you. Holy shit. You agree with me on that. And I think... Wow! And, and by the way, like, you know, one of the things I have made clear is that, like, I like Matt Reeves' director. Like, the, the sort of... the Apes too. movies he did, excellent. Um, yes, he did a great job. I love Matt Reeves. I think he did a... I think he's got a great vision of the Batman. I really do. I like what he's trying to do and say with this 100%. I'm on board. But I think... I think that says... And maybe that's... I'm not listen. I'm not using that just to like try to justify my fucking opinion and my biases. But I do think Snyder, for all of his faults, does understand the nature of like proximity of like visuals and storytelling. And because of that, he can make a four-hour movie, even if I didn't like it, feel tighter. Whereas I think that was the thing. There's a lot of like I said. I think all the elements are there. I I, I said that Matt Reeves put all the pieces of the puzzle. I just think there's a different maybe execution that would also work with all the pieces. But I like all the pieces that he put on the board. I like the future of the Batman. Um, like I said, I would really just love to see a trimmed down version. But this really does feel like... I would encourage you, if you haven't read it, it's a popular one. Everybody talks about it. I would actually recommend trying to read Batman's The Long Halloween. It is a very classic staple detective story, Batman, that is a nice slow burn with a very good uh, series of character developments and mystery to go along with it. I think you would like it as an author and as, a, as someone who reads stuff, man. I really think you would dig that Batman book. By the way, this is not like a deliberate blind spot on my part. Like, oh, for, I just, I hate comics. No, I mean, I just, I, my, my like reading tastes just are drastically, and I tend to not like fiction, which is the ultimate irony, right? Whether it's comic books or- I don't or, understand or, you. I, I know, I know, I know, it's, it's terrible, but I just, um, my taste just happened to be like specific to uh, nonfiction. But, you know, I read Alan Moore's Watchmen, which I loved, and um, uh, Descender. I don't know if you've ever uh, read that comic book. Mm. Um, and um, a few others. I haven't read a whole lot of comics. The first comic I ever read was an, al uh, an Alien versus Predator. Or maybe it was just a Predator comic. I can't remember. Ooh, I, I can't, those are fun. I can't remember what. Yeah, and it was... I think it appealed more to me because it just had like naked chicks in it. And but sure, of course, it was '90s day. If you wanted <laughs> naked titties on a comic book, we know what you did with that. You dirty purview, and the eyes of God know exactly what you did with that dark horse comic book. You pervert. But man, talk about projection. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you and your like a hentai collection is. Listen, hey, like... then we don't need to talk about my La Blue Girl collection, okay, dude? Everybody, relax. Calm down, all right? We, we're not, this is about Batman, not about the blue girl, okay? Just saying, man. Just saying. And I think part of that's like some of these, some of these different mediums, like I really enjoy in smaller doses. Like I have trouble getting to, through to the end. Like anime is kind of the same way with me. Like 
I'll really enjoy some of it in small dose. Like Ghost in the Shell is a hard watch for me. Sure. Um, okay. Fair enough. Akira, harder watch, but I love it. Um, okay. And um, and I, I think maybe it's just like taking me time to kind of like do that with comics where like I've been reading more uh, fiction. Like I bought like four science fiction books the other day because I was like, you know what? Maybe I should probably be a little more aware of like how books are written if I'm going to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> What's a hell of a statement? That'll be the back of your book. Uh, I should be a little bit more aware of how these books work before I write Uh-oh. one. Just saying. Well, you know, like you, you think reading informs writing, which it does. It's essential. And I always do that. But obviously, you know, we're talking about a different type of, of writing. But um, David, I'm going to spend my hard earned money because I have a job and I'm an adult. Oh, okay? shit. You fucking do All right, dude. Do I'm going to work. I'm going to buy you some graphic novels, okay? And since you have all the I free time in the world as a freeloader, <laughs> all right, I'm going to sit and I'm going to have you read some Batman stuff. And then maybe you can make some new connections <laughs> in these movies and stop arguing about, well, why are there so many mob bosses? Because that, my dude, is fucking Batman. By the way, if I knew an artist, I would 100% write a comic book, even though I don't read any. Is that, That's still weird, right? I'm still, I'm not solving anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will never fucking read a comic book, but I will make one better than everyone else. God damn it. Or my name isn't David Castle. So, by the way, let's just clear something up for the listeners or listener singular of this this show. Yes, your mom, which is that, listen, if you're going to take shots at my unemployment, you cannot (laughs) get angry about me not liking the Batman enough or like serial storytelling. (laughs) Look, if you're going to come at me at my nerd game, bro, you got to get ready to yell, dude. I almost took off this hoodie hockey style and I was ready to check you onto the nerd gates, my guy. Just saying. You know, we, we are making the transition. Like, you know, as I stay unemployed and gain weight and eat worse, <laughs> this guy who continues working out, loses weight, will probably be able to beat me up in like a one-on-one. Like if we boxed or UFC right. style, you'll probably win like in the next five years. And you'll probably stop reading comic books by then. <laughs> I'll be the sure. one reading comics. and Sure. As soon, I will be Robert Pattinson and I will be lean and buff in the bat suit and you'll be Colin Farrell's The Penguin. And I will come after you. We need the, the Latino Batman. Box. We need a Latino Batman. Brian Ortiz is that Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, that'll fly real well with America. <laughs> that guy took Batman's job. That son of a bitch. What the hell? <laughs> not, not in my town. No, thank you. No, sir. There is no Latinx Batman where I come from. David, can you tell me who right now, if you could, if you could get a Latin actor... In Hollywood to play Batman, who would you want? You got to give me yours, man. I I'm telling you, John Leguizamo as Alfred for me, okay? Batman, I'll say it again, it's my favorite boy on the planet, Gabriel Luna, all right? Gabriel Luna is my favorite. He was the bad guy in Terminator Dark Fate, for those that don't remember. And he's also Ghost Rider in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That dude, dope-ass Batman, 100%. That's pretty good, but honestly, like I would, even though he's older now, Diego Luna... I think now he doesn't have the chin for for like the Batman and the Batman suit, but um, you know what? How about this, Diego Luna, Commissioner Gordon? Oh, what do you think of that, dude? That's pretty good. Oh no, no, no! You know what? Even better, Diego Luna, Lucius Fox. He makes all the Batman's shit. 
So, so if we're dealing with like a, like an all let's say like just just like all Latino yeah. Batman. Okay, let's pretend we're we're doing the whiz casting style right here for Batman. Okay, this is an all Latin version of Batman, and we've just shamelessly plugged all of these Latin actors into the parts without changing any names. All right, and we got Gabriel Luna for me. We got John Leguizamo as Alfred, Diego Luna as Lucius Fox. How about? Could uh, could Oscar Isaacs be Commissioner Gordon with the beard? We're talking Oscar Isaacs Dune beard type style. To me, Oscar Isaac would be uh, Clayface. That's an interesting choice, and finally, I would not say no to finally, it. I got you excited That's about an interesting one of my choice. opinions. <laughs> you know, I will I will let you have okay, that one, that one opinion. Please say this for the podcast. I want our dear friend Rick to hear this out loud. I love Clayface. Clayface was my personal favorite villain. I realize, you know, Rick makes fun of me because he thinks there's a connection to Job of the Hut, my odd fascination with that <laughs> and whatnot. You do. But your opinion about Clayface as a villain in general, his story, and whether or not that would translate to live action. I have action. been dying to see Clayface in live action since he was introduced you hear that in the shit, cartoon. Rick? Fuck you too. <laughs> Damn, called out so hard on the podcast. Good, thank God he'll never listen to us. <laughs> Here's a hot take. From this day forward, I would love to see no more top-tier Batman villains. I don't want to see the Joker. I don't want to see Mr. Freeze. I don't want to see Poison Ivy. Hot take. I want give me some Clayface. Give me some Bookworm. You know what I'm saying? Give me Scarface. some, some <laughs> Scarface. You know what I'm saying? Let's get some of those lower tier characters and turn them into something really special. You know what I'm saying? Hey, question, question. I got hold on. All right. I wanted to say this. Dreamcasting, one more time. Mr. Freeze. Javier Bardem. Oh, that's that's pretty good. I got nothing to mm-hmm. say about that. That's that's perfect. All right, dude, get this. Here's a here's a big one. How about let's just go older. Let's get Commissioner Gordon, Danny Trejo. <laughs> I don't know. You know, <laughs> C- Commissioner Gordon, I think of someone is not so like earthy and brawly. <laughs> you know, if, if we're being <laughs> dude, honest, think about it. He could be like a seasoned Commissioner Gordon. Like he's seen shit, Vato. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like he's seen shit. Dude. Wait a second. Wait a second. I think. I think if you're going that route, it's got to be Edward James. Almost. That is your Commissioner Gordon. You know what I do? No, you know what? I'll give you one. We'll go real far. I'll make Edward James almost dark side. Okay, I'm. I'm hoping he's CGI. Like Edward Absolutely. James. Absolutely, it's a hundred percent because. I'm, I'm on board with him as like in the but live you know action what? dark side on on set we'll put him in that kind of like terrible like skin tight cg suit <laughs> and we'll make sure that his face is cg'd onto dark side as apocalypse shows up dude dark side this, James <laughs> this isn't that bad i don't think people realize exactly. like how terrifying edward james almost was as selena's dad you need to, if you don't believe, if you want to see a true terrifying dark side, check out Selena with Edward James Olmos and Jennifer Lopez. That'll get you ramped up for a dark side by Edward James Olmos, folks. By the way, I'm, just saying. I'm sure people think we're being ironic. I'm not. I'm not being ironic no, at all. No, I would watch the hell out of this. And I don't even like when they do that kind of stuff, but I would be 100% in for an entire Latino Batman <laughs> series where you just drop all of these huge actors in this part for like one time only. Oh, just saying, sounds good. Uh, David, we have talked way too much about the Batman at this point. I'm going to cut almost everything out because this was a terrifying example of of two nerds fighting one another. But look, the show is about us learning each other through social interactions and pop culture, right? So we've got to talk about a little bit about what we learned about each other. And since this was a more broad topic, we'll do the double, okay? Okay. I'll start first. All right, David? Cue the Batman music. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) 
So David, here I am. I open up the gates to this abandoned building that is not done yet. I close it. I take the elevator up. I shift because it's cold at night and I put my trench coat closer as I go to the top. And there's a big, big light there. And I just grab the handle and I <laughs> as it heats up and the rain falls on the glass, it starts to heat up. It shines the light of your face right onto the clouds and I'm using it to call you to me, David, okay? The Castillo light is up in the sky of Gotham. I have to say it more Spanishly, like Gotham, right? And we have a deep discussion and I have to tell you what I've learned about you, okay? And what I've learned, David, is that, uh, man, you hate comic books, but you know what? I think like deep down inside, you have valid points, and I always hate the fact that you have valid points, even in a moment like this, because, you know what, giving it a C, even as any type of C grade, I think is a compliment from you, actually, because a movie has to work extra hard to meet your standards. And if the Batman did that, that's not bad, because it's worth it could fail. And so I appreciate where you're coming from, and even though you seem like you're astonished in your ways about these comic books, you do give me hints that you are willing to maybe learn a little bit more about some decent book recommendations. And even and I appreciate that about you constantly. I may disagree with you on comic book movies for the rest of our lives, David. And we will find one that meets that perfect A one day in the future. And when you do, I will have a full-blown cardiac arrest on the podcast <laughs> for real. But until then, I will continue to appreciate the fact that even in a movie like this, because you don't even like this type of genre, you still found things to love and enjoy. And I think you have some valid criticisms when it comes to maybe making the second one a little bit better. Is the music gone? All right, your turn. Okay, all right, so... <laughs> <laughs> so let's... Uh, the, the cam- I'm going to try to try to replicate your brilliance, which I can't. But, there we go. So the camera zooms in on Brian, son of Orthy. But Brian, son of Orthy, is not wearing just anything. He's not wearing the usual windbreaker, um, the the sort of breast tight. Uh, what, what is that like? Um, undershirt, underneath. No. Okay. <laughs> He's wearing a rubber suit that emphasizes his uh, perfect silhouette of ass cheeks and Ooh, rubber nipples you. because you are wearing. Yes, they are rubber. You are wearing a Batman suit, gotcha. and that's how we gotcha. meet Brian, son of Orthy. Okay, the Val Kilmer one, because that's the best nipple suit. Right, yeah. What I think, you know, even though this is the image I have of you, which is the super nerd that's, like, wearing all the costumes to his favorite movies. Um, and and for as much as you think, it, like, I can't, like, sort of reach beyond uh, my, my kind of bias against comic book storytelling, I sometimes view you as, like, someone that just can't look past that sort <laughs> of, that, that comic book lens. And yet, you are the thing that I always feel like I don't like about comic book fans, or maybe just like fans in general. Like, okay. Um, which is somebody that, no matter how much you love something, you're still willing to have a discussion about it, even if that discussion sort of you know penetrates you know some of your um, some of that shield um, that you've developed over the years. And that I I, I think is the only thing that you can ask for that I think is true fandom right when you can like love something enough that you will discuss whatever aspect of the material you love may be whether for, for better or for worse every time I think you're just the stereotypical nerd that I want you to be you deny me that pleasure 
and you show me that you're more nuanced and deeper than the kid that was waiting like three days in advance in a Comic-Con line. David, I turn to you in my rubber suit and I squeak as I turn and I say, <sighs> Commissioner Castillo, the knight needs me. I appreciate your words, but I have to be faithful to one person, Gotham. I must go now and make sure that she rests soundly. And I shoot my thing in the air and I turn to you one more time and I say, I'll see you on the streets, Commissioner Castillo. And maybe we can share a respa. <laughs> I dive off. The, the only thing missing was you saying barrio instead of streets. <laughs> oh, sorry. The body of Gotham needs me. <laughs> it requires my attention. Commissioner Castillo, I'll see you out there. Good luck, mi amigo. <laughs> Go! to the distance oh boy ladies and gentlemen i don't even know if we have an episode there but you sat through it with us it's kind of our first time really just diving into it uh hopefully we'll get better at it but i really enjoyed this episode of talking about movies and we hope that you did too if you like what you heard today please don't forget to like share give us five stars and give us some reviews if you give us five stars and hate our show and leave a review we want to read it on air But if you like our show and give us five stars and a nice review, we'll probably read that too. Either way, give us those five stars because that's all we give a shit about. If you'd like us to talk about something specific (laughs) or have a topic of conversation or would like some advice from us because we still would love to do that, please email us at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C the pod at gmail.com. You'd also want to reach out to us and yell at us about comic books for the, the cows come home. Please do at me at David. We are at Wreck the Pod on Twitter. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and the TikTok. Some of those are still getting built, and hopefully we'll have content on there soon. But until then, please don't hesitate to reach out. We want to hear your thoughts about the Batman. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Uh, be positive, be critic, critical, and let us know why you didn't like it with some good honest uh statements about it because i'm i'm always genuinely interested as a filmmaker to know what didn't work for you david any final statements before we leave the show i think it's so fitting that in a movie that went too long we have a podcast that goes too long about the movie absolutely ladies and gentlemen my name is brian ortiz my name is david castillo get out there and support the batman whether you like it or not so we can get more people because that's how we live in a world of comic books and the more comic books we have the more pissed off david gets And that is truly worth living, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Adios. Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo. Recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by. Commissioner, I need to talk to you, please. I need your help. (laughs) Batman away!